Proverbs chapter 15. I got a, while you're turning there, Proverbs chapter 15, Brother Hiles used to preach a sermon, talks about where the milk and honey flow. He has a sermon called, Somebody's Got to Milk Them Cows. <laughs> and uh, it's a wing dinger. If you ever want to hear it, uh, great truth, but uh, that's what I think of. Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to start reading in verses 20 through 24. We'll read this passage responsively. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 20 through 24. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, in a word spoke in due season, how good is it? And let's finish on verse 24, ready? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from the hell beneath. And let's pray, Father, I pray that you'd help me tonight. Give me the words to say to help your people. Uh, Lord, the young people especially, but everybody in the room could listen tonight and take heed and help them along the way. Doesn't matter what stage of life they're in, they need this truth tonight. I pray that you give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Life is very hard. There's no way to make it through life on your own. You will not be successful doing it your own way. I don't care who you are. I don't care what avenue of life you tread. I don't care if it's business, spiritually, marriage. You'll never do it on your own. We all need help and advice. Listen to the next statement. The whole sermon is built on this next statement. The success we do have will be determined by the advice we follow. The success we do have will be determined by the advice we follow. The failure we have will be decided by the, by the advice we follow. Plain and simple. The president of the United States, generally, the real presidents, have a cabinet of counselors. Uh, he relies on that cabinet to advise him in all areas, and everyone has their own expertise, but together, collaboratively, they help the president make decisions. It's an advisory board. <laughs> That's under normal conditions. This one doesn't even know, never mind, I won't go there. <clears throat> I, as a pastor, I have other pastors I talk to from time to time. Uh, I have my, my deacons. My deacons do not run Grace Baptist Church. It's not their job to run this church, that's my job. <laughs> you wouldn't want Brother Scott to be your pastor. <laughs> He'd fire himself. <laughs> <laughs> he would be the first to vote against it. No, God did not call deacons to start or to run the church. Uh, that's not what they were for. Did you know the church had been going for over 20 years before there ever was a deacon? People don't understand. There was a church before there were deacons. 
Uh, we've turned deacons into a, a, a lay leadership position that it's not what it really is. Do you know what a deacon's job is? To serve. They were to serve the widows. They were to serve the people in need. And they were to advise with the disciples. I use our men in making decisions as our church goes forward. And we work together as a group. And sometimes they outvote me. And sometimes they'll say, preacher, I don't think that's right. I don't think that would be best. And we'll investigate. And a lot of times they're right. I would have been wrong. That's why I got them. That's why we bounce off ideas off of each other. And uh, we work together. By the way, in ten and a half years, never one crossword said in one deacon meeting amongst any of us. Not one. I wish all of you could see one of those. Eh, probably best that you didn't. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, uh, where the, the floor's open, there's never been any unkindness and, or indignity. Uh, nobody's ever, that's stupid. Never one time. Uh, we work together as Christian gentlemen should work together to, to help do the work that we're supposed to do here. And I love it. Uh, I often will get advice from those who work with me in the work here. Uh, those in the school, I get advice from people that work under me. You say, preacher, yeah, that's what my job is. They're, they're boots on the ground. If you don't listen to them, what, what good are you? A general that doesn't listen to the people that are on the ground is only a paper general. Those are the ones that usually got shot in the back. Uh, those are the ones that nobody respected. Well, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you read it in the book. <laughs> now, if great leaders of the business world, great leaders in the political world, great leaders in uh, church work, great leaders in any realm of life, if they need to seek advice, how much more do we need to seek it? A wise old man, when I was a college student, said, God will give the right answer to a wise counselor. If that is true, then you never have to make a bad decision if you seek counsel for every decision. Boy, was he right. I was a freshman in college in 19, none of your business. It was 37, 38 years ago. He made that statement to me, and I have never forgotten it. Almost 40 years later, I still hear old Dr. Lorette. Now, let me make a statement, and I'll make it again later in the sermon and, and clarify it. Experience is not the best teacher. Somebody else's experience is. Too many of us want to live the hard way. Well, I'll figure it out. Well, you can fail and fail and fail and fail or find somebody that failed and succeeded and made those mistakes already and not make those mistakes. I was with Brother Hiles one day, and he said to me, matter of fact, it was just less than six months before he died. He looked at me and he said, Craig, he said, I kind of envy you. I said, why is that, preacher? He said, you got my best years. I said, okay, I think I understand, but could you clarify? He said, I'm an old man. I've already made all my mistakes and fixed them. 
you got all the fixes. You didn't have to make the mistakes with me. He said, I kind of envy you getting the best of my years. He said, I hope you've listened. I said, I've taken as good a notes as I know how to. And I did. The Christian needs a, and I'm going to use a, a word here, a cabinet of counselors. We read in Proverbs chapter 15, and I'm going to teach you something. Look at verse number uh, 22 again. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in a multitude of counselors, they are established. Now, here's the wrong teaching of that. <laughs> Brother Juan, Juan has a decision, and he comes to the preacher, and the preacher tells him something, and he says, well, I don't like what the preacher said. So I'm going to go talk to Brother Scott. <laughs> well, we already know he's not going to like what Brother Scott's going to have to say. And then he goes to Brother Harry. And then he's not going to like what Brother Harry has to say. And then he goes to Brother Cross and decides he's going to listen to Brother Cross, not the preacher, not Scott, not Brother Harry, but Brother Cross. Well, I went to a multitude of counselors. No, you went seeking somebody that agrees with you. That is not what a multitude of counselors is about. A multitude of counselors means this. You choose the best people in their field to help you in the area you need advice. If you need mechanical advice for your car, don't come see preacher. I'll tell you where to take it. But I'm not going to diagnose your car and tell you how to fix it. Amen, Dad? <laughs> if you need HVAC advice, you're not going to come see me. I'll send you to Brother Scott. If you need electrical advice, you're definitely not going to talk to a guy that's colorblind. I don't touch wires. I don't even like buying wire at the store. I don't. I hate it. I don't walk down the electrical aisle. I hate it. You say, preacher, uh, yeah, go talk to Brother Lopez. He's the electrician, not me. I'm not going to touch the stupid stuff. He was working in my basement one day. He said, preacher, would you hope? I said, I ain't touching it, Joe. I got it off. I said, I don't care. He said, but preacher, I said, I'm not doing it. Figure it out. Didn't I? I won't touch it. I hate that stuff. Now, wait a minute. You need advice about the Bible or advice on life? Come see me. Medical advice? I can advise you to a certain level or tell you where to go to get the right advice. But may I say something? I have people that advise me on mechanical work. People that advise me in different areas, and I choose the people best in their area. If I needed some excavation done, I'm not going to go talk to Mrs. Shoebridge. God bless her. There's not a sweeter lady in the whole world. She doesn't even know what excavation means, probably. That means moving dirt. Now, wait a minute. She doesn't know how to run a bucket truck or front-end loader or any of those things, a mini-X or a claw, a claw bucket or anything else. Trench winch. Now, I understand what those things are, 
But you think I'm going to talk to somebody that's never been on one of those machines on what to do? So you choose people that are best in that area for advice. That's what God says a multitude of counselors is. It doesn't mean go from person to person to person to person to person to person to find out somebody who agrees with what you want. You see, that's not getting advice. That's seeking someone to confirm what you want that's not any wiser than you are. Now, let me help you. We need a cabinet of good counselors. Isn't it amazing how many... How many teenagers got life figured out? And by the time they graduate from college, they know how to run the world. I used to hear Brother Hiles, he'd get up and throw a fit college chaplain. He'd say, you young people, I got more sense in that little finger than you got in your whole head. I mean, I hate that preacher. Well, I look back 35, 40 years, he had more sense in his little finger than I had in my whole head. He still may have it, and it's dead. But uh, let me help you in uh, seeking advice. Number one, this may be the most important point of the whole sermon. Don't make decisions with a broken or untrained decision maker. Don't make decisions with a broken or an untrained decision maker. May I say something to you? Okay. If you've been married 17 times and divorced 16 times, I don't think you have a good decision maker. That's the nicest way I know how to say it. Now, I'm not saying that people that have been divorced are bad people. But if everybody else has been the problem all along, all along I think you better change the equation. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Isn't it amazing how many people think they know how to run their finances and they struggle to pay their bills? Well, I've been trained. Well, you're not doing what you were trained then, or you weren't trained right. Most people do not make good decisions when they're stressed, when they're tired, or they're in an area that's not their expertise. How many times do I tell people, when someone's real bad sick, don't make decisions. You lose your job, don't make major decisions. Uh, You're going through problems, don't make major decisions. Don't make major decisions in the stressful times of life. Get through it. Uh, I taught our church about a year, year and a half ago. If something happened to me, how to take care of things. I have no premonition. I haven't been to the doctor to find out I got something wrong with me. Well, there's something always been wrong with me, but it's not, it's not fatal. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, I, I, I've prepared our church, though. You say, why do you do that, preacher? Because if something ever did happen to me, I want to make sure that you're cared for. In the choosing of an assistant pastor, uh, I've made the statement. <laughs> I, talked, I, I told three people, no. I talked to three men, three of which I said no to. One, I said yes. Why? Because three of the four couldn't have handled this church if something happened to me. 
A leader looks ahead and says, look, the decision isn't, well, in five or six years. I'm not guaranteed five or six years, neither are you. So I have to make a decision based on, could this person do something? I asked every one of them. Every last one of them, I said, if something happened to me three months after you come to work for me, I get in a car wreck and I'm, I'm laid up for four months, can you run the whole church by yourself? Three of the four. Nope. Okay. God bless you. It's not the right time. I had one that says, wouldn't want to, preacher, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. I said, gotcha. That's the kind of man I want. One that's got the ability to do it. I'm not saying anything's going to happen to me, but I can't tell you that it's not. And I promised this church that I would not leave you without a leader if something happened to me. That's why I prepared you for it. Is that not what good leadership is? That's why I've prepared my wife. In case something happens to me, she can take care of what needs to go on with our home and our family with or without me. And I did tell her, if I lose my mind and start talking, have them wire my mouth shut. Because there's things I know up here that should never be said. So, people in times of stress, distress, sickness, uh, times of problems, you don't make good decisions. <laughs> Listen to me very carefully, please. Uh, some of you have found this out the hard way. When somebody dies, don't go to the funeral home by yourself. Amen. They have a way of, oh, we can take care of that. Oh, we can take care of that. But they're not telling you, cha-ching, every time we can take care of that. Cha-ching. They're taking advantage of someone who's hurting, not making good decisions. Call the preacher and let him sit in on the decisions. Let me advise you. Well, they just sounded so nice. That's how they get paid. Scott doesn't work at a funeral home on purpose. There would be more people dead. <laughs> He'd kill them all. Yeah. And collect the insurance. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Uh, they're, they're, they're trained to, to help you make those decisions when you're not making good decisions on your own. I'm not saying they're bad people. But listen to, to the preacher who's been through this hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of times. Uh, Brother Scott, when his mom passed, I said, you mind me meeting up there with you? So, and we, he said, preacher, wow, I learned a whole lot. He said, yeah, I've been through this. I've helped many families in here that way. And I've told some of you, I wouldn't do that. Well, it's going to cost you about three times as much. You can have the same thing for a whole lot less. Just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's right. Some people just have a way of making bad decisions in life. <laughs> When your pride is so bad that you have to make your own decisions and you won't listen to somebody, you probably ought to start listening to somebody. I love you. <sighs> uh, people do not make good decision in the early stages of a health crisis. 
when you get word that it's cancer or something serious, it's not time to make a lot of decisions. It's time to hang on. It's time to call somebody and say, can you help us make some good decisions from here? I understand when things get serious. I understand when there's fatal news. When my sister-in-law called me, my brother-in-law, and said, he's got pancreatic cancer. Oh. 56 years old. I said, do they know how bad? Well, they think it's already spread to his liver. I've been through pancreatic cancer with scores of people. I said, you have less than a year. I didn't lie to them. I said, I don't care what they do, you have less than one year. What are we going to do? I said, it's time to get things in order. I said, get through the next three or four days, get together, just cry it out, and then let's talk. They did. They called me back. I made sure they got most all of their bills in my sister-in-law's name. And we divided things up and we had things uh, handled so that if Paul passed away, things weren't going to be as complicated. Then we flew down there, spent three days working with him. Why? Because two and a half months later, he went to heaven. And by the way, Crystal's doing fine. She's been able to take her insurance money and pay almost every debt she had off, including her house. She just started her own business. She started an ice cream store and called it Paul's Creamery after her husband. And she's making money, having the time of her life. Now, I'm excited about that for her. Now, wait a minute. That's somebody that in crisis listened. By the way, she's not had a history of making good decisions. As she started going through it, she said, how come I didn't learn this before? I said, you knew it, you just didn't do it. I said, you're hard-headed. You're stubborn. <laughs> she'll tell you this. If my sister-in-law comes here, she'll tell you. She hated me for about mm, 30 years. She did. She hated me. She was mad at me for about 30 years. It's only been the last few years. She'd even hardly talk to me. But when chips were down, guess who she called? Now I never talk to her without her telling my wife and I that she loves us. Not one time. Why? Because she listened. Uh, most people don't make good decisions in times of grief or loss. When you lose a bunch of money, it's not time to make a, a bad decision. I've watched people lose a job and go out and buy a brand new car. Can I tell you something? The economy's not good right now. Not time to be <laughs> running credit cards up. Interest rates are stupid high. Not time to be going into debt and <laughs> unwisely borrowing money right now. This is not the time. This is the time to uh, sell off all the things that you can, pay off everything that you can and get through. And you say, well, I can't do it. You can do without more than what you think you can. So 
don't make a decision with a broken or an untrained decision maker. Number two, I'll hurry through these next three points. Seeking advice means you have a good understanding about life. Because if you're seeking advice, you understand you don't understand life, and the people that don't understand life are making bad decisions. That was a lot of double talk, wasn't it? If you're willing to go seek advice, you're wiser than somebody who does not seek advice. You'll make fewer mistakes than those who do not seek advice. You have to humble yourself to seek advice. You really do. You have to say, I don't know it all here. Mm -hmm. Do you know in a marriage, you ought to seek each other's advice? My wife and I are continually working together on things. There's times I have to give in to something I may not want to do, but she thinks it's best. There's times she has to give in. And we work together on it. My wife, when we got married, I'm not even sure she had ever written a check in her life. I think she knew what a checkbook was, but it wasn't a whole lot more than that. Well, I started running budgets. I had been running my own finances. I taught my wife how to pay bills. We worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. I taught her how to balance a checkbook. I don't know the last time I ever wrote a check. Not because I pay with everything online, but because she takes care of it. And we have it set up, and if she has questions, we sit there and talk about it. And we make decisions together about it. Everybody doing okay? Say, why did you do that? Because you don't like to do it? No, because if something ever happened to me, she needed to be able to do it on her own and survive. I didn't want my wife to be destitute not knowing how to pay the bills. That's why her name is on everything. Because something happens, she doesn't have to go through probate. She doesn't have to go through fiduciaries and everything else to get to be able to pay for the house. Well, she's your wife. It automatically goes to her. That's not how it works. I hate to disappoint you. Everybody doing okay? Uh, listen to somebody that's been through this with enough people. If you constantly learn the hard way, quit being so proud and foolish. Well, I just learned the hard way, preacher. I wouldn't admit your foolishness to too many people. It just seems like I always take the hard road. Then why didn't you wisen up? Did you know if you make the same mistake, you get the same result? I can help people out of financial mess. And a year later, they're right back where they were because they keep spending all their money instead of paying things off. <laughs> or I've helped people out and they stay out. Why? Because they don't repeat the same mistake. When you keep running on the hamster wheel, you go nowhere. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you make more than $40,000 a year, you can survive comfortably with a family. Amen. Comfortably. I didn't say luxuriously, but you can survive comfortably. 
If you make more than sixty or $70,000 a year, you ought to be on easy street. I hate to disappoint you. You say, preacher, that's not a very high salary. <laughs> Trust me. Number three, learn how to ask the right questions to get the best advice. Let me teach you how to ask the right questions. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, look at verse number 9. Look at verse, oh, number 8. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. Well, if the righteous is delivered from trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead, where's the wicked going? To trouble. Right? Okay. Look at verse 9. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. But through knowledge shall the just be delivered. God said you're going to have to get knowledge by just people to be delivered from trouble. Now watch this. There are many ways you can ask a question. You can ask the same question four different ways. First of all, you can ask a question and ask for permission. Did you know just because young people or old people or middle-aged people, just because you have permission to do something doesn't mean it's best? <laughs> okay. I have permission by law to buy alcohol. That doesn't mean it's best. I have permission by law to buy cigarettes. Doesn't mean I should. Everybody do it okay? Just because you have permission to do something does not mean you should do it. So permission alone is not a wise question. Then uh, you can ask for approval. Do you approve of me doing this? That's a little different than permission. You may already know you have permission, but is approval, eh, that's putting my stamp on it. I might say, no, I don't approve of that. Or I might say, well, I wouldn't fight you on it, but I don't think it's best. Then you can ask the leader how that the leader thinks you should do it. Now you're getting into the a little higher level of wisdom. When... Somebody comes and says, Preacher, how do you think I should do this? I can advise you on how I think you should do something. When my kids come to me and say, Daddy, what do you think I should do here? I can tell them. But there's another level that most people never attain. Most people are not humble enough to do this. But this is where you get into the highest realm of wisdom when you look at someone and say, how would you do it? I was in a staff meeting with Brother Hiles one day. I had to ask his advice, and I, I said, preacher, how would you do thus and so? He said, well, I would tell you to do it this way. And I heard what he told me. I wrote it down. I said, but preacher, 
I didn't ask you how you were asking me to do it. I asked you, how would you do it? He said, oh, Craig, I'm an old man. I'm stuck in my ways. You don't want it. I said, I want to hear how you would do it. There was about 12, 13 people in the room, other men. I said, I, I want to know how you would do it. He said, I, I, I'm not asking you to do it the way I would do it. I said, but I want to know. We argued back and forth for a little bit. He finally said, well, this is how I would do it. But I, I, I don't expect you to do it that way. And he told me, guess what? I did it the way he would have done it. He gave me permission to do it a different way. But if he would have done it this way, there's a reason I figured if it worked for him, may as well work for me. And I learned a lot of wisdom by asking the question, how would you do it? Not just how would you tell me to do it? Everybody doing okay? Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you're going to ask advice, be willing to tell everything I tell people to come, if they have financial advice, bring me all of your debts. Bring me all of your income. I need to know every bill, whether it's to family, whether it's to a credit card company. I, I want all of them. They'll come and they'll say, well, I got most of it here. No, go back and get the rest of it. I won't even talk to you. I can't help you if you're hiding things. I got to have it all. Well, I, I only owe this, then that's a bill. Well, it doesn't really count. Yes, it does. If you owe money, it's a bill. But, 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 uh, but, 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 all you want, it doesn't matter, it's still a bill. Now, so learn how to ask the right questions. Uh, number, number next, I gotta hurry. <laughs> This is going to be profound. Look at Proverbs chapter 15 again. This one's going to be hard to swallow. I love you. Look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Here's the statement. If you seek advice, follow the advice you were given. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Great advice is worthless if you don't use it. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. My wife has never met her biological dad. That's not an unknown thing. I worked for seven years to find this guy. It took me seven years. I finally found him. We sent a pastor in the state where he was at to go visit him, win him to Christ. My wife has half brothers and sisters all over this country. He was a truck driver and God only knows how many kinfolk she's got. We don't even know. I was getting ready to work it out for them to talk on the phone and meet up with them. And I thought, we better seek Brother Hiles' advice on this. I spent seven years, sat down in the office, told him the story. And he said, Craig, I'm going to talk to your wife for a second. 
that's fine. He said, Debbie, could you go through the rest of your life and never meet him, never talk to him? She said, I've gone this far, why couldn't I? He said, okay. He said, Craig, I think you ought to drop it. Seven years of work just went <laughs> down the commode. He said, you've accomplished what you wanted. You got the gospel to him. You're going to complicate life for your children. You're going to complicate life for his new wife and family. You're going to complicate life for your in-laws. And God only knows what other lives you're going to complicate. I think you all just let it alone. She's been good with it for the last 25 years since we did that. It would have driven me through a wall. She's good with it. I'm good with it. I followed the advice. Did I agree with it? Not at the time, but now I do. I wanted to say, but, 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 but preacher, I've spent, he didn't care. That was the best advice. He then started talking to my wife about his dad and his dad's situation and different things that was very personal to him. And he understood her in a way I couldn't. I mean, my mom and dad had been married since Noah got off the ark. Uh, pretty close. Uh, now, I didn't understand that like they did. But I'm glad I followed his advice. Did I agree with it? At that time, no. Matter of fact, we walked out and I was a little. She said, honey, it's fine. I'm good with it. I'm thinking, I'm not. It took all that time. <laughs> Guess what? I'm glad I followed it. Good advice, if it's not heeded, is worthless. God says, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. You are hating yourself by not following good advice. Well, I just don't agree with them. Well, the reason you went there is because you're in trouble. Why not listen to somebody that's not in trouble in the area you're in trouble in? <laughs> the Bible is only good as, <laughs> as, as you use it in your life. If you're wise enough to seek advice, be humble enough to live the advice given. You don't have to agree to obey. I've obeyed many times where I did not agree. By the way, many times I found out the leader was right and I was wrong. Even though I knew I was right. Number next. How do you choose a cabinet of counselors? Who should be in that cabinet? Please listen to me humbly. I think the preacher ought to be somewhere on that list. Amen. Not because I think I know everything, but I probably know more about life in general than anybody in the room because I've helped more people in life. I didn't say I know it all, but I probably know more about life's problems and relationships and death and sickness and handling this and handling that than anybody in the room. I think the man of God, God specially gives some wisdom to and the word of God, and he's able to put it together to help a whole lot of people. That's been my job for the last 35 years. As the old 
Bill, the guy that did all the excavating on our property here. Preacher, you don't beat a man in his own career. Well, I hate to tell you something. You're not going to beat me in my career. A man of God walks with God and he's experienced and counseled. And um, Deb and I were talking just yesterday during uh, lunch when we were out. And we, we talk, I have preached from Seattle, Maine to Miami, Florida to uh, Southern California to Maine. I think we've been in 34 states that I've preached in. I've been preaching for 42 years. I've talked to people all over this country. I have counseled tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. You can't bring me a problem I haven't seen. I can't tell you the last time somebody presented a problem to me I haven't dealt with at least a dozen times. Say, you think you're somebody? No, just think I've been through a lot. With a lot of people. I've seen it work out right. I've seen it work out not so right. And maybe you ought to get the advice of somebody that has more experience in that realm. I think God gives wisdom to a wise counselor walking with him to help you with your problem. I think as Brother Anthony comes on board... As as you grow to love him, you're going to learn to trust his advice. He's a wise man. I wouldn't hire him if he couldn't help you. Learn to seek their advice. <laughs> and may I say this, just because you got advice from somebody 20, 30, 40 years ago doesn't mean they still know what they're doing. They could have changed. I know people that 20 years ago were doing right, and 20 years ago later, they're not doing right. Well, I heard, yeah, but you don't know where in that 20 years they changed. Be careful. <laughs> Number next, don't, don't give advice if you're not asked. <laughs> I am not going to force you to come to my office. But if you ask me for my advice, I'm going to give it to you plain and simple. <laughs> Can I, men, we're pretty good at giving our opinion. We don't call it advice. We just call it how we see it. It's called advice. Your wife doesn't need your help in the kitchen unless she asks for it. Did you know I don't tell my wife what to do in the kitchen? That's hers. Now, I'll say, do you want help with something? Yesterday, she was working on some stuff. I said, do you want help? She said, oh, you don't have to. I said, I'm willing to. She said, what? I said, what do you need? She starts spitting off a whole list of things. <laughs> Guess what? I remembered the whole list. I got it all at one time while she was working on something else. And we worked together, got it done. Most of the time, it's, no, I got this. No problem. That means stay out. Often I'll go home, oh, I, we eat our big meal at lunch every day, and I go home, and uh, often I'll say, let me get the dishes. Oh, no, 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 I got time. No, I'm, I'm going to do the dishes. You took time to cook, I'll take time to do the dishes. So I hose them off, put them in the dishwasher. A lot of times I'll scrub the pots or pans or whatever. I got my tie on, everything else. I don't have my suit coat on. And he said, preacher, you do that? Yeah, we work together. 
There's other days I'm really busy, and I'll say, do you need help? And she knows it's busy. No, nope, I got it. You go to work. You got a lot to get done. And there's days she'll just say, get out of here. Hey, okay. <laughs> that means don't press the issue, amen? Don't give advice unless it's asked for. Everybody doesn't care what you think unless they ask you. Just because you're thinking it doesn't mean it's got to come out your mouth. <laughs> if you need financial advice, don't seek it from somebody that's not able to pay their bills. <laughs> Find somebody that understands finances. Everybody doing all right? <laughs> Teenagers, don't get advice from another teenager. They're as dumb as you are. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, you know, if you have mechanical problems, go find somebody that's a good mechanic. Not someone who says they're a good mechanic, but someone who is. You say, well, I've got a good friend that's spiritual. Most good friends, you'll know they're a good friend if they say this. Have you gone to see preacher yet? Well, I know what preacher's going to say. That means you don't want to get the help you really want. Some of the best advice you could give your friends, go see your preacher. Everybody doing all right? <laughs> now, I'm going to say this as kindly as I know how. Be careful seeking advice from somebody that's of your age or your experience level. I realize some of you are older than me and seek advice from me, but my experience level is beyond my years. I get that. The average person shouldn't seek advice from somebody their own age. I love Dr. Jeff Fugit. Brother Fugit's only about a year and a half, two years older than I am. He's got a lot of experience, though. And when I have questions, I'm not afraid to call him. I've got a couple older preachers that I trust. I'll call. But do you know I don't listen to a lot of Brother Fugit sermons online? We're the same age. I listen to the old preachers. I listen to Brother Roloff, Brother Hiles, a little bit of Dr. Robertson, some of the old timers. You say, why? <laughs> They're the ones that trained us. It got us where we are. It'll take us where we're going. And I'm not going to seek all my advice from somebody that's at the same age I am. Now, I realize Brother Fugit's got a lot more experience in many different areas than I do. And I'm not afraid to ask his advice. He calls me from time to time, and we, we, we talk together. Everybody doing all right? You're probably wisest if you seek your own advice last most of us would do better if we didn't seek our own advice because we'll tell us what we want to hear i don't know how else to say that i'll tell you one story and i'm going to be done about ten and a half years ago i was in a bad situation the whole world had blown up, and it was, it was amazing. 
I was sitting in my basement office. I didn't have a mirror, but I had my gun case. Amen, Brother Steve. It had glass on it, and I could see my reflection. And I thought, I don't even know who to trust right now. Because of the situation, I wasn't even sure who to contact. I had shut the door. I was in there by myself. I may have been in the house by myself. I don't even know. And I said, how many assistant pastors in the last 25 years have you counseled? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. How many people have been through what you're about to go through? And I sat down, Brother Ron, took out a three-by-five card and said, okay, this is what I would tell them to do. And I wrote down the advice that I'd given hundreds of other assistant pastors. And I had about five or six things written on that card, and I looked at it and said, boy, it really stinks when you've got to live your own advice. But I kept that three-by-five card in my pocket, and I followed every step the way I advised everybody else to do. I didn't want to. Matter of fact, I remember walking out and showing my wife later that list and said, it really stinks that I've got to follow what I've told everybody else to do right now. But this is what i got to do. I didn't advise myself. I, adv- I took the same advice I had given many, many, many other people. That's how Grace Baptist Church was born. I didn't take my own advice. I had taken the advice I had seen work through the many years of ministry. Because at that time, I didn't know who to trust even. It was six basic things, but I did it. And I wouldn't trade it. Do you know how many I've helped since? A lot. Very few people can sit down and look at themselves in the reflection and say, this is what you're supposed to do. Write it down and then go do it. It doesn't happen very often. It's the only time in my life I've done that. May I say something? Few of us ought to follow our own advice. Few. Get advice. Get a, count, get a get cabinet of counselors. Don't try to make it on your own. It's too hard. I've advised many men in their businesses and business plans and business advice and finances. And I've helped so many different areas. And if I don't have the expertise, I'll tell you and say, I don't. But I think you ought to go see this person or that person or that person. I'm not such a big person. I got to tell you exactly what to do, but I can tell you where we'll go. And if I don't know, I'll research it and come back and tell you where you should go. You see, it's hard enough on your own. Why keep making the same mistakes? Let's seek advice. Let's not make decisions with a broken decision maker. Let's get it from the right people. Let's ask the right questions. And let's follow it. You want to have a successful life? That's how you do it promise you I promise you that's how you do it every head bowed every eye closed I'm done I didn't preach tonight because I don't have anything to do and I need somebody to come see me 
But don't you think I'm too busy to come, come be sought? I'll help you. But we ought to decide, let's quit making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Let's get help. Let's seek advice. Let's not learn by our experience. Let's learn by somebody else's experience.